0: Hello there. Welcome to the Narrow Road podcast series, where we are committed to exploring our faith, our finance, and everything in between in the pursuit of legacy wealth. I am Pamela Jolly, creator and author of The Narrow Road. Thank you for joining this journey with us. This first series is focused on exploring my new book, The Narrow Road, a six-part series. So hello again, everyone. This is Pamela Jolly and Nikita Thigpen, and we've come together again to talk about uh, another piece of my book. Um, Just to give you an overview, my book has six sections, and so we are going to be exploring these six parts. Uh, Part one is about our history. Part two is about our legacy. Part three is about our pursuit. Part four is our roadmap. Part five is our journey. And part six is our business. And so in part one, we did an introduction, kind of just to give you a brief overview of the book, why I wrote it, and we went into a portion of our history. Uh, In this section, we're going to pick up where we left off and explore the final pieces of part one as well as part two, which is our legacy. And so, as I said in the last podcast. You know, our history is a shared one. As Americans, we all stem from this business model of America, which started as a declaration of independence. And in putting those pieces together, our founding fathers really built one nation under God. And they really believed it was the providence of God that allowed so many different mindsets, and so many different viewpoints to come together under one United Nation when you study the founding fathers and I've done that extensively one of the things that I saw was that they had different faith traditions they had different socioeconomic backgrounds they had different underlying cultural beliefs but what they shared was a bibliography and a part of that bibliography was books that some of them had written themselves or that their friends had written, but also it was the Bible, even for those who weren't Christian. And so, interspersed throughout our Constitution, our Declaration of Independence, is a belief system. And so, the narrow road really fuses together faith and finance. And the fusion of faith and finance leads to what I believe is a definition of life purpose. And a life journeyed on purpose is a successful business model and the primary objective of business is to build wealth so the narrow road helps you design a path to build wealth your way now I began this journey in 2004 but the narrow road really started to crystallize around 2007 right before the economic downturn I was working in New Orleans post Katrina And I was seeing communities that had the mandate and the federal funding to rebuild who were still struggling to do so. The same issues that I became so intimately involved with in New Orleans became identical issues across the nation post-2008. But it wasn't a new situation. My work in finance and market research revealed that this was a crumbling of fundamentals in the American business model for quite some time. It reached its peak in 2008, and it impacted certain communities more significantly than others. So this history that we have, which is a shared history, began with a slavery business model. And that slavery business model had one segment of the population who were assets, who were capital before they made capital. Post that situation, there was emancipation once you're emancipated, you have the opportunity to build in the way that you desire to build. Some are more equipped with resources than others. But what you'll find along the narrow road is that everyone has a portfolio of five talents. And when you're able to steward your talents, and stewardship is synonymous with finance along the narrow road, you're able to fund wealth your way. So chapter three talks about the life, liberty, and the pursuit. Really focusing on the specifics of our history. Because if you don't understand your history, you'll be doomed to repeat it. And so this life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is something that many people just assume is happiness. But if you go back through the archives of history, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is really a whisper down the lane it's a derivative of what the original intent was it was life liberty and the pursuit of ownership if you didn't own in early stage america you couldn't vote and very little has changed to have to be in business you must own something and ownership creates wealth so this life liberty in the pursuit i want us to really understand the archival understanding of george mason so that we can look at this American legacy of which we are a part of and fully participate in it.
1: This is incredible. I have so many questions, and I hope you don't mind. (laughs) Not at all. Um, This is what you do, so I'm I'm sure you won't. But one of my first questions uh, comes from a client of mine. just thinking about recent conversations because this is such a right now relevancy topic, probably more than you can imagine um, just in your own conversations with other um, corporate level professionals and even those who are not necessarily in the corporate realm. There are so many people who have a, a kind of mixed definition of what is. So I think about that life, liberty, and pursuit. And, of course, my my first mind goes back to pursuit of happiness. Remember the movie? Um, yeah. Which is, of course, created off of the book with Will Smith. Um, the pursuit of happiness and what people's definition of success is, which is really tied to their concept of money and and their concept of what their true self is, what their talents are, are what their gifts are. Most people, for the most part, I think, understand what their skills are because those are those things that they've learned along the way, that they went to Wharton for, Bryn Mawr, Drexel, um, you know, all the schools that we've gone to and above, even community colleges and other programs that I'm not even thinking about right now, trade schools. They know where their skills came from, but they get really stuck at understanding where their talents and their gifts are and how to use them and how they make them uniquely different. Um, I have some questions around, and I hope I'm not jumping ahead too much, but just thinking about some of the clients that we've had conversations with recently, their talents, this portfolio of talents. I have so many questions around it. Um, what is it, first of all? Let's just start there. What is your portfolio of talents? <laughs>
0: So, you know, The Narrow Road is built on my dissertation research, and my dissertation was an existential exegesis. Um, And so what that really means is how can the word be made life? So the principles of The Narrow Road are based in the biblical text, not dissimilar to what the Founding Fathers did with the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. And so a portfolio of the talents is an interpretation of the parable of the talents. And in the parable Mm. of the talents, you had three types of servants. You had one servant that had one talent, you had one servant that had two talents, and you had one servant that had five talents. And you had a master. And the master is who gave those talents to each of those servants. The master left on a trip, and when he returned, he wanted to know what those three servants did with the talents. The first servant who was given the most are five talents. He multiplied his talents from five to ten, and the master was very, very pleased. The second servant multiplied his two talents to four talents, a hundredfold return, very, very pleased. The third servant buried his one talent in the sand, fearing that if he lost it, his master would be upset. So he thought he was doing a good job by returning exactly what he was given back to the master. And this angered the master. It angered the master so much that he took that talent from him and gave it to the first servant. So the first servant didn't just go from 5 to 10. He went from 5 to 11. In your portfolio of talents, what the narrow road teaches you is that we are all that first servant. To build legacy wealth, you need to become a master. And a master is to be able to know where to sow seeds with different people in the different levels of business knowledge that they have. The third servant who had the one talent, most of us get stuck in that place. We only know how to work what we're paid for. We don't know how to work the other talents, and so we only focused on one critical part of our currency, which is time. And if it's not time making money, not time making money, we're not doing anything. And when you live in that life of the first servant, you need somebody else to oversee you to be able to produce value. And so the narrow road shows you where your, first, your third servant is, where that one talent is that you focus on so much. Mm-hmm. It challenges you to become a second servant. The second servant knew, hey, listen, I can't be like that first servant who just focuses on what they can do. So I'm not only going to focus on what I can do, I'm also going to focus on who I know to be able to multiply what I can do so that I can produce some things and I can expand myself beyond the role of a third servant. And so the next step along the narrow road is to say, okay, listen, it's wonderful you have this strength, but how do you take that to the next level and build upon it with others so that you can together do more than you can do individually? And then once you've mastered how to get to that place, the narrow road helps you get to the role of the first servant. That's when you fully take ownership of your portfolio of talents, your five currencies. That's your cultural capital, your intellectual capital, your your human capital, your social capital, and your spiritual capital. And how do you produce a full life, a life of purpose? so that you can leave this world better than you found it, that you can double what you've been given and be able to plant it in your community, in your profession, in your family, with your friends, with strangers, internationally. How do you do that? And then lastly, the narrow road shows you how you are a master, how through your unique lens, how you see things, you're able to make investments you don't even know you make right now all based on your cultural ability to be able to see things that other people can't see. For instance, you know, I don't know how many people ate peanuts before Dr. Carver figured out a way to be able to do, what, 280 (laughs) different things with it. He (laughs) became a master of a peanut. And from that, Mm -hmm. people who just knew how to work. Was he able to give it to people who knew how to work and pass it on to other people so that he would be known for what he did? Was he able to give it to people who knew how to to work it, to, to make it better, to grow it? Yes. And each and every single one of us can become a master of our portfolio of talents if we take the time to understand what they are and understand how we uniquely steward them. And that's what the narrow road does. You unlock the narrow road system with your narrow road identity. That's the patent-pending part of the narrow road. One question unlocks your identity. And once you do that, you can navigate my book based on who you are and what is hidden as resources inside of you.
1: Where can I find the one question? Is that something that I need to you know, after the show follow up with you to get, where do I go to get the one question? Because I want to know what my identity is and purposefully to see if it lines up with what I think it is.
0: Excellent question. So you can go to
1: wealthwithpamelajolly.com.
0: Once you go there, you can click on the link for your narrow road identity. Once you have your narrow road identity, you will be able to see this book in a whole new lens the book will become life for you one of the principles of narrow road is that systems are neutral people are biased so you bias the narrow road system with your unique identity there are 24 unique identities and everyone has one of them all into their self and this really helps you to get personal about your business so that your business can be focused on building wealth for yourself, for those you care about, and for communities that you are a part of. I love that because,
1: you know, I'm all about the business of focus, um, focus, balance, and prosperity, which lines up directly with what you teach and what you share with the world. So playing angelic advocate again, you know, going back to our episode last week when we talked about um, people's fear of sharing of being in reciprocal relationships um, and to your point earlier when we started about trust you know you mentioned that the you know the the second talent keeper for the parables really understood the power of leveraging and building strategic partnerships but in order to do that you have to trust to your point early, earlier you have to trust and be willing to engage in conversations to build a relationship to see if there is a partnership ability there so that you can enlarge in your territory, right? Um, But you have that challenge when people will not trust each other.
0: It's so interesting you said that. So, you know,
1: it it was hard at first with my research
0: to just sit and listen to thousands of people talk about their relationship with their money, their roadblocks, why they believed that the promised land wasn't possible in terms of us getting there together. And so when I started to see the patterns in the research, I started to look underneath it. And so a lack of trust along the narrow road, as you'll learn, is really a lack of organization. Not being able to understand what to value, how to value it, and when to value it. You almost become a hoarder. You want to hoard everything unto yourself. But that's not how anything grows. Even the sower had to cast the seed into the ground to be able to get more than what he paid for. And so as a result, you really do need to get organized. What it is that is just for you, what it is that you're willing to share because you know with the right people, it can build upon something else, what it is that you can bring to any table and add value day one, and what it is that you see that other people can't see. If you can distill those things with clarity, you'll start to really understand how to recognize who is for you and who is against you. You're not to share with everyone, but you do have a unique tribe that if you build with them, you can build your way out of the financial wilderness to what I call the promised land, your sense of purpose. Your narrow road identity reveals where you need partnership. And where you need collaboration. It really helps you better understand the types of relationships you need to have with the type of people you need to have it with. So, the first step, clarify your vision. The second step, get organized. Take inventory of your talents in your portfolio and value them so that you're not going blindly into some relationship thinking that you're holding something closer to your chest when in reality, you're really giving away the store because you're not organized.
1: That's amazing. Um, And that's probably, to your point, why people are fearful. (laughs) You know, I'm afraid to get into a relationship with someone where I might be exposed, right? Um, And if I'm disorganized behind the scenes um, in my clarity of my personal vision, um, and we could stop right there and just identify the personal vision before we even get into your professional vision because that's sometimes not aligned or in sync with each other um, based on our own understanding of our our talents, again, to your point of the of understanding all the levels of the portfolio talents related to the parable that you discuss um, in the book, but I 'm sure you go even deeper in the intensive, which I'm waiting for, by the way. So I'm jumping ahead because I'm really excited about the intensive. I need us to, to hurry up and get that going. <laughs> um, but I I think a lot of the reason people won't um, leverage those relationships and, and build that next level of themselves to reach that second talent, um, you've hit the nail on the head is when you feel – that you are unfocused, which can come just because of life, you know, feeling scattered, you know, real situations happening, coming to you in, in every direction, in every window, there's a problem jumping in uh, or something that's distracting. And then it leads you to be unorganized. You're less likely to open up that uh, that box of communication with someone because there's a fear that you might be exposed. And it, I think it, it's all very... Um, it's already tied together. There's no really fancy way to say that. It's just all sequentially tied together. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to everything that you have to, to teach, not only myself, because I advise other advisors. So I want to make sure that I'm advising them the best way. So I'm really looking forward to the intensive for that purpose. And, of course, learning even more. Um, you mentioned earlier about the life and liberty and the pursuits and the legacy and all the different elements that I can't even imagine you're going to tap into.
0: Well, I think that's 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 the exciting part, and, you know, I speak across the country, and I've been talking about the narrow road for a while, um, but I couldn't really teach it, and I couldn't really distill it until it was patented, because I really want to build this for my legacy, you know, and really have a lifetime of working with people in this way, and I tested things over and over again. And so I've written curricula for accounting and finance for non-business thinkers, and I've worked with national organizations about their relationship with money so that I could be the expert that I want to be in facilitating your process to defining wealth your way. The mastermind, Nikita, I'm so glad that you mentioned that, is something I'm excited to do with people because for me this changed my life, but it didn't just change my life. It's changed the lives of my friends, my family, my clients. And I would love anyone who wants their life changed about their relationship with money to join the journey and join the mastermind. And so going to wealthwithpamelajolly.com also allows you to sign up to be made aware of the various formats that the mastermind is going to be rolled out so that you can become a part of it. Because I do believe that it is a life-changing event to be able to understand wealth for yourself and then chart a path towards it. I think that uh, the other point that I wanted to say was that, you know, this life, liberty and the pursuit and understanding our history, one of the things that really came to me in New Orleans was that there were so many illegal immigrants who were working hard to become legal because they recognized the value of what the American business model affords people. And for people who have been in America and, you know, African Americans in particular, and we've been here since the beginning. But some of us are politically ignorant some of us don't even know our history and don't really understand the opportunity that we have as Americans so taking the time to reflect upon your personal history your parents your grandparents and your great grandparents if you can go that far and then your American history so that you can understand the business that you are a part of why taxes matter why it's important to be a good steward of your time because that's how you earn income, but there's so many other things you can do with that income when you completely understand your portfolio of talents. The book, part one of the book, our history helps you explore those things so that we can go into part two, which I'm excited to talk to you about right now. And that's our legacy. Um, legacy is another word that we redefine. One of the things that I found is that there's so many words that are charged um, in our society. And in my research, I did what I call a multi-generational ethnographic word study. And what that simply means is that I asked 6,800 people to define certain words. And what I found is that we all say the same word. Well, we don't all mean the same things. So along the narrow road, I've redefined some of these words to make sure that you know What I mean when I say it, and then hopefully if you can adopt this definition, you will be able to share with others what you mean when you say it. Legacy is one of them. Legacy for me along the narrow road is a narrative that didn't begin with you and will not end with you unless you discontinue the conversation. What you'll find is that legacy wealth takes three generations to build and only one generation to lose. You have the opportunity to either build legacy wealth or start from scratch. That's your choice. My encouragement with the narrow road is to encourage you to not start from scratch, to connect the dots across the generations, to see where it is that you're heading, where it is that you are the continuation of. I promise you, your grandparents and or your grandparents said a prayer, and asked whoever they believed, the God that they served, for a promise. And God said yes. And that promise is you. And so as a result, you carry the torch. Where are you going to take it beyond them? That's how you pick up your legacy torch. That's how you continue the narrative. So taking time to reflect upon the past helps you shine a brighter light onto your future. And so that's what part two of my book, Our Legacy, is all about. Part two of my book has two chapters, Weathering the Storm and How Do You Build Wealth. And I talk about the storm of trying to do everything yourself. Because it's difficult to build build to earn the income, save the income, invest the income, build with the income, pass the income on to the next generation, and live a balanced, purposeful life for yourself. That's hard. Something has got to Mm -hmm. give, and the part that has to give what you'll find in your narrow road identity is in your fourth quadrant. So once you understand your fourth quadrant, that fourth role of your narrow road identity, that's the part that you're going to have to surrender to, not knowing, overcoming some fears, and collaborating with others. Some system that will help you get to where you cannot afford to go by yourself. In business, it's called economies of scale. You're able to build more when the volume, the demand, is greater. And weathering the storm is how you start to journey beyond what you can do by yourself to an economies of scale so that you can build with others. So how do you build wealth? With a group process. And who's in your group process? You've got a whole team that you need to network with. You do need a financial advisor. You do need a good relationship with a bank. You do need a group of friends that want to grow with you. You do need a life partner that is willing to see you through the duration. You do need relationships with your elders to understand why they did what they did. And if they weren't successful, why weren't they successful? And you do need an understanding of how you can contribute to your community because you're investing in your community every day with every tax dollar that you pay. So it's important that you know how your wealth is created. Because a portion of your life is built creating wealth for others, and another portion of your life is built creating wealth for yourself. But the last, the second part, creating wealth for yourself, is a series of choices that you have to take. And if you don't take them, you might live a lifestyle, but you may not live to to leave a legacy of wealth. And so it's important that we take the time while we have it to plan our way forward. And so our legacy is about looking at how you are currently weathering your storm in your current financial situation and how Mm
1: -hmm.
0: what you're doing right now needs to change so that you can build wealth your way.
1: This is awesome. So a question for clarity for myself and for other Mastermind attendees. Will you help us understand Um, how to assess quality financial planners, um, what would be a good um, banking account set up, and I don't mean by a traditional bank account because obviously you go deeper than that, but just making sure those partnerships are right because there's lots of banks. There's all different types of financial planners, evaluators, assessors, and it can get confusing for even people who are at um, a higher level in their career you know, you have all different types of people coming to you saying, oh, yeah, I'm a financial planner, and they're trying to sell you life insurance, which I understand is a part of financial planning. But, you know, that's really their focus, and they're not truly a financial planner per se. So will you walk people through kind of, you know, valuable resources and how to, you know, make sure you're choosing a quality person, what to look for, what questions to ask? Is that part of the mastermind?
0: most definitely so I've been blessed to be sponsored by national financial institutions as I talked about this across the country so I have relationships with mm-hmm. bankers and presidents of banks but I also have built um, a big network of financial advisors and financial planners before you introduce I introduce you to those people though You know, there's a right way and a wrong way to build a relationship with a financial professional. And you're going to know your right way and your wrong way based on your narrow road identity. What I found in my research is that there's a lot of people who can say, oh, I have a financial planner. I've got this. I've got that. But then I go a little deeper and I ask you about your plan. Many of you don't understand your plan. Many of you don't even tell the truth to your financial advisor. And so that's hurting both of you. Because a financial advisor builds wealth for themselves by advising people who want to build wealth. And if you have a financial advisor that you're paying but you're not truthful with or you don't understand, they're not the right person for you and you're not doing what you say you want to do. And so we first start with the right relationships for wealth. And then, just like Jesus sent folks out in twos, I collaborate with people. And so in the mastermind, you'll be getting interviews with top professionals that I believe in, but you'll be able to see through your narrow road lens, do I need this person or do I need a person like this person? And you'll be able to hear for yourself what you need to hear to be able to build the trust that you need to build the wealth that you want. And so you'll get access to ways to be able to make the right choices because as you'll hear me say throughout these podcast series and throughout my book, wealth is a group process. But without trust, it's hard to build wealth. But what lies underneath a lack of trust is a lack of organization. So we're going to get organized. Take inventory. Understand what you value. Understand what you're afraid of. And understand where do you go from here your way. And get anchored into specific questions that you need answers to so that you'll go into every relationship with the confidence you need to build the trust that you require so that wealth can become a reality for you in your lifetime.
1: That's awesome. And that's exactly what I was looking for, is just to make sure that we always continue to be a resource for one another because that's part of the trust uh, circle and cycle too, right? You know, sometimes we um, we look for people who are... Um, the top of the line of what they do, but we also want to know that they are connected to other people that can help us across the gamut, and you're definitely a connector and well-connected, so I'm grateful that you'll be able to utilize those resources in the most effective way pro- possible inside the the Mastermind Intensive. I am looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm looking forward to um, just really helping
0: people do what I want all to do which is to not leave this world the way we found it, make it a better place, but also enjoy the process in doing it as well. You know, that's what our ancestors' legacy is all about, and that's what I desire our legacy to be about. That's what our history expected of us, and that's what I feel that we in some ways expect of ourselves. So connecting the dots is made easier by the narrow road, and I'm looking forward to having you see what I see and have seen for the many years that it took to build such a process. This is awesome. I'm looking forward. Let's get it going. Excellent. So listen, thank you so much for listening to us in this second series, second part of our series titled Our Legacy. I hope that this really helped you get a clearer understanding of what the narrow road is about, how you can weather your own storm in the financial wilderness and how you can build wealth You know, many questions probably are the book Up The book will actually help you answer those questions. In addition to the book, um, the mastermind will have you work through those questions so that you can actually build solutions for yourself. Additionally, I hope that you have a greater appreciation for our shared history and you're reflecting upon your own personal family history because that is where your legacy has built. As I said before, this is a a six part series, six parts of the book. I really enjoyed sharing this and I'm so grateful to Nikita for helping me bring this out in a way that is clear and is easily understood for people who I feel would benefit so much from the narrow road. Until next time, please visit com. Sign up to be made aware of when the book comes out, when the mastermind is available for people and also how to get your narrow road identity. Right, that's com. Until next time, Stay blessed, stay on the journey, and have a jolly good day. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast, and I look forward to seeing you further down the narrow road. Until next time, take care, God bless, and continue to have a jolly good day.